Thank you for joining us for Dwelling Place Lithia Podcast. We hope this message will help you find your identity in Christ and create growth in your life. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, it's funny because uh, you were about preaching my message. So, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 10. And we're going to be in verse 25. Um, Me and my wife and a few of our youth take a trip every year, and we go to Georgia, and we do a forward conference. And so um, we know of a man called Uncle Reggie. And so I've been reading a book called Black and White. And... And it's pertaining about what's been going on in our world today. And um, it's written by Reggie, and it's also written by uh, John Piper. And they've been best friends for a long time. One's black, one's white. And they were talking about the race situation that's going on in life at this moment in time. And reading this book, it it just started breaking my heart. Because it's not just pertaining to one race. If you go to World War II, when Japan dropped the bombs, we took Asian people and we put them in concentration camps here in America. Because we didn't trust them. And then when Germany did what they did, we didn't trust them. And we just kept on and kept on. Well, 9-11 happened. And we started profiling. You know, terrorists and all of this. And it just started thinking about a lot of different things. And I I had a young lady at work. She looked at me and she said, you're different. I said, what do you mean I'm different? She said, there's something different about you because you talk to everyone. You act the same around everyone. I said, that's what you're supposed to do. I love everyone because that's what Christ does for us. We love one another. She said, no, 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 there's something that is just different. And I brought this verse up. But I want to go further than this verse. It says this in Luke chapter 10, verse 25. It says, one day an expert in religious law, some of your Bibles will say a lawyer, stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, What should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. He said, right. 
Jesus told him, do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his action, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant, some of your Bibles will say Levite, walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritans soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes. Now go and do the same. Doing a little research about Samaritans, they're considered what they say half-breeds. They're Iranians and Israelites. At the time of Jesus, there was a million Samaritans. They were not liked by by the Jews. Didn't care about them. Today, there are still Samaritans around. There's about 8,000. Went from a million to 8,000. And I thought that, wow, such a drastic change from that time. They speak in Arabic they they but they will go into the synagogues and then they'll worship and they'll they'll do it in hebrew they still love the lord but they they were despised and i was thinking about all the things that are happening in this world today how we've been been told by people we got to divide ourselves over here over here's another group over here's another group over here's another group and we don't like one another and i'm i'm at this place i said stop it i had a lady that's at work and she says you're not supposed to like me and i said what for why, why can't I like you? you? 
you have a great sense of humor. You're funny. You make people laugh. You do this. You do that. And they, they said, yeah, but you're, you're not one of us. I said, what does that mean? Well, first off, you're in management. You're the director of maintenance. You're not supposed to come and talk to us lowly people. Uh, if I need to fix something, you've got to tell me. Just saying. But you, you treat everybody the same. Yeah. Except for when my son was there and I, I, I was real, real mean to him. <laughs> But they asked me, they said, why are you different? And I said, I'm not. This is the way I am. I look at everybody. And I said something, and I said, I tried to be colorblind, and I tried to be blinded by what I'm not supposed to see as a defect. And you're not a defect. No one's a defect. And so this lady, this young lady, something happened to her car, and she needed to, needed some tools and everything. And she comes to me and she goes, "Can I ask you a question?" I said, "Yeah." Can I borrow some tools? I said, "Yeah, here." I went out and got, got her the tools and handed it to her, and she goes, the people I live around, if I asked that, they wouldn't let me borrow their tools because they don't like me, because I'm different. I said, that's what's wrong with her. I knew my wife would get it. <laughs> <laughs> but what draw me to this story and the encounter that Jesus was having with this lawyer is this. The lawyer's asking, how do I have eternal life? That's what he's asking. When we ask that question, we're having to go through, oh, we got to say a prayer, we got to do this, we got to do that. That's not what he said. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus brought it back to him and says, what does the law say? You're a lawyer. You know this. What does it say? And he says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then he put something else because did you know those two scriptures are not together in, in the Old Testament? In De Deuteronomy Chapter 6, verse 5, it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. But then in Leviticus 19, verse 18, it says, You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. 
two different scriptures. But he brought both of those scriptures together. He said, this is what we're supposed to do. And Jesus said, yeah. But the lawyer's still not getting it. Says, uh, the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? We call it the parable of, of the Samaritan. But did you notice it's been told that this is a story, this wasn't a parable. Every other place where it talks about a parable, you'll find parable. So this could have happened. Jesus could have saw this. We don't know. But when, um, when he starts telling the Samaritan, it's kind of, kind of ironic because sometimes I, I feel like the church is this way. Sometimes the religious people, because I was watching a documentary on some very predominant big churches, and they have this green room, and only selective people are allowed to go into the green room to hubnub with the pastor. They're only allowed to speak to the pastor if you give so much money. You're only allowed to come talk to the pastor if, if you can do a few things for the church, make, make millions of dollars for the church. And it broke my heart. That's not what a pastor's here for. The pastor's here for the, the people. Pastor's here for the hurt. Not for the ones who says, hey, I, I've got a million dollars. Let's talk. Don't care about them over there. You don't need to worry about them. And I'm like, wait a minute. But the first person was a priest. And he comes along. He says, a Jewish man was traveling. Let, let, Let's first talk about Jerusalem down to Jericho. It's a 13-mile hike from Jerusalem to Jericho, 13 miles. That road is described in Psalms 23. The shadow, the, the, shadow, um, the valley of the shadow of death. That is that road. The bandits hide. They wait to pounce on people who walk down that road. They beat them up. So usually what happens is if you have a large crowd or gathering together, you walk together. Greater in number, you're not going to get hurt, correct? But this man, he was in a hurry. He needed to go somewhere. He was by himself, so he got jumped, the bandit beat him up, took his clothes. In verse 31, it says, By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. Wait a minute. 
that's the pastor. That's the priest. Shouldn't he have compassion? Shouldn't he stop and say, I need to help this man? But we don't know if it was the day that you have to go and sacrifice something in the temple. So you have to be clean. You have to be cleansed. You're not allowed to touch blood. You're not allowed to touch someone that's dirty. You're not allowed. So maybe, just maybe, he was heading to the temple. We don't know. But when he saw it, he got on the other side of the road and said, nope, I'm not going to look anymore. But then the, Le- the Levite, he comes and he notices. He goes close to the body. But he might have duties or responsibilities at the temple. So maybe he is not allowed to touch the hurt young man. But who comes along? A person that is hated. A person that is not liked. A Samaritan. And he has compassion. And he pours wine. The alcohol too, that's in the wine to clean his wounds. He bandages him up. He puts him on, on his donkey. Takes him to an inn. Stays the night. Makes sure everything's fine. Then he gets up the next day and says, Here, here's two pieces of silver. This is going to be, hopefully this is enough to take care of him until he's well. But if not, when I come back, I'll pay the rest. And I'm looking at this, and we get to the bottom. And it says this. Jesus brings the question to the lawyer. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who attacked my bandits? If you notice, even in your Bible... This, this lawyer could not say Samaritan. He could not. All he would say is, the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. The one who showed him mercy. He couldn't say Samaritan. He couldn't say that person. Did you know in Florida you have a Samaritan law? In in it, it says, if someone you see that is harmed, that maybe needs CPR or something like that, you call 911, and then you start giving them CPR. Do you know why? So it won't get you in trouble. You're the good Samaritan. You're there to help that person. Because if you break a rib, they might sue you, but not under the law. You know, there's 17 
states that have the Good Samaritan rule in the United States. Kind of ironic, isn't it, that we have a Good Samaritan law that if you do something good to help someone, they can't sue you? Kind of crazy. I was thinking about that. I was like, wait a minute. We're just trying to help someone. They're a neighbor. Nope. In other states that don't have this law, you can be sued. You can go to jail. And I'm like, wow. How far have we come? How far have we come? But I want to ask you the question. Instead of who's the neighbor, let me ask you this. Are you the neighbor? And will you leave the place that you're at and go help another neighbor? Because we got to look at it that way. If we got a group together, we take a panoramic view, a picture, and we give it to everyone, let me ask you something. When you look at the picture, who are you looking for? That's why you love yourself. You're trying to find, do I look good? Am I okay? Does this look? You love yourself. And it's funny. I never thought of it that way until like that. But if we love ourselves so much, it's saying we've got to love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves. How do we love our neighbor? Yesterday was loving our neighbor. Yesterday was fun. And we need more of those days. Celebrate recovery is loving your neighbor. But what, what about your enemy? How are you going to love your enemy? Man, I, I'm going to tell you the truth. I mean it. Friday, I was hot. I was mad. Situation happened. Got me into some trouble at work. And I'm, I'm just like, I'm running late the rest of the day. I was mad. Talking with Elijah, he called me on the way home. And I said, I was mad, didn't I, Elijah? I, I told you I was mad. And his words are, don't be like that, Dad. You need to love them. Wait a minute. This man got me in trouble today. He got me in some hot water, and now I'm, I, I, I'm facing some things at work, and da-da-da. And he says, so? We still got to love them, Dad. That hurts. When your own son <laughs> tells you... <laughs> 
You got to be more like God. You got to be more like Jesus. You got to be that neighbor. Because I wanted to see him tomorrow, and I wanted to be a little sarcastic. I wanted to have that little, but you know what? Thank you. That's what humbles me. Is my kids sometimes have to show me and say, hey, don't act that way, Dad. You're better than that. My daughter says the same thing. She said something to me yesterday. And I'll tell you, when you're getting taught by your children, it's a humbling experience. It really is. And when God's showing you who your neighbor is, it's not just the people around you, not just the people that's at your table, not just the people that you know personally. It's your enemies that you might have to go and say, you know what? I love you. I brought you this. I just wanted to tell you I love you, and I'm praying for you. Do you need any help? I'm here to help with you. I haven't told the youth yet. But this is the time I get to tell the youth from the pulpit. Some of them know, some of them don't. This coming Saturday, we're meeting up here at the church because we're going to be doing, we're, we're wanting to help people out. And we're going to go help people out. Because I want to take it a step further than just proclaiming it right from this pulpit. I want to know what a neighbor is. Someone you don't even know is your neighbor. And we're going to go do some work. We're going to help people out. We're just going to love them. And that's what I just wanted to bring as a message today. And so I'm just asking, who's your neighbor? And how can you help them? I've got three questions coming. We hope you enjoyed this message. If so, please share it. If you'd like to partner with us, you can do so at dwellingplacelithia.org forward slash donate. We'll see you next week and may God bless you and your family.